My name's Chef. <laughs> My name is Chef. <laughs> mm. And we have returned. It's been a while. Mm. I took good. a sip. You took the sip. What? What? Are we, what's, what's the drink? I took a sip, and it says "feel good," and it made me feel good. I feel good. Warm, chill, healing. Hilarious scene in that movie. Oh yeah. No, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Conversations in Cinema. My name is David, and I'm joined by my good buddy Josh. That's me. And uh, you're here, all of you, listening in as we do something that's never, ever been done before, talking about movies on a podcast. Oh, wow. This episode, we're talking about Chef. It's our technically third entry into John Favreau's yes. study. Uh, we unmade made. That is true. Which, nutshell, we both liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, you could tell that it was <laughs> his first movie. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen Swingers, you've seen Made. If you've seen Swingers and Goodfellas, mix those two together, and you have Made. Mm-hmm. Um, then we watched Cowboys and Aliens. I'm a cowboy. Bang, 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 bang. Good old time. And this time we did chef. So we're going to, since... Or chief, as some people say. Since we only have the two, <laughs> Favreau, because uh, Josh is just an epic fuck-up. Yeah. Who He will never live this down. No, it's 100% my fault. Rookie mistake. Hey, David, format the card. Okay, Josh, I trust you implicitly. Yeah, I don't format. remember if I brought this up whenever I did the special introduction into Cowboys and Aliens, but I've only... <laughs> formatted a card without dumping the footage first uh one other time in the past See, decade all i'm hearing right now josh is excuses all and i'm hearing it, is excuses it also was a project what matters that, is that and our i worked hard, on our hard work my hard work the passion that i put into this project is gone forever it is which so is, now so now we're gonna uh which is super sad because you fumbled the intro it was hilarious it was so bad it was great radio yeah um that's i'm more upset about that <laughs> than than the entire rest of the episode speaking as somebody who uh thinks that he is the best part of the podcast mm-hmm. and everybody else does too oh yeah um i'm sad that golden moment is gone forever it is uh, but so we're counting cowboys and aliens as, as our first episode this is our second, and then the third entry to John Favreau is going to be kind of a encompassing finale of his work, specifically focusing on The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, seasons one and two. And we're going to try to bring our buddy in Jules, our buddy in Jules. We're going to bring a buddy into Jules. <laughs> Sorry, Jules. Uh, there's that sexual healing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's a big Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. um, probably more than both of us, because he actually went to galaxy's edge and got some lightsabers made and mm-hmm. uh, yeah my my yeah. knowledge of star wars is very surface level i have a picture of one of the main characters in my bathroom framed uh, it's captain uh dumbledore from star wars mm-hmm. captain, flew, flew, on captain, inter- flew on the enterprise captain james t dumbledore <laughs> man how awesome would it have been if picard's last name was dumbledore so it's just, it's just Captain Dumbledore. Captain Dumbledore. Oh my God. Jean Luc Dumbledore. <laughs> it's his like evil alternate universe with a goatee <laughs> version of himself. Wow, we are drifting into space as it is. Man. Let's bring it down to earth. Let's bring things into a smaller focus, mm-hmm. more back to basics approach. Yeah. Just like this movie, uh, Chef. 
by John Favreau came out in 2014 filmed in 2013, but came out in 14 at uh, South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Good Uh, spot for it. Yep. Very good for a small indie. It it was uh, shot in like a month or two. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Budget of $11 million. Can you guess how much it made back? $80 million. No, I mean 44. Oh, 44. But still great for, you know. Just a little indie. Yeah, and all that budget went into probably cameos. Oh, probably. Even though they're like probably his good buddies because I thought it was really cool. Well, yeah, everybody on the probably the biggest star at the time Mm -hmm. would have been Scarlett Johansson. Robert Downey Jr., though. Yeah. I but ScarJo is is in more yeah. stuff. Because yeah. he... Yeah. That's true. Yeah. RDJ is probably the highest paid. Yeah. Because no. he's in that one scene. I wonder how much... I couldn't find it. I couldn't find uh, how much he made for that whatever... Honestly, since he's buddies with Favreau, he probably just... He might have yeah, done it for free. Yeah. or for, Well, and here's the thing, right? Uh, a bit of trivia... All right, backing up. So, uh, also, sh- yeah, go for it. Hi, hi. Uh, the beer we're drinking today <laughs> is a beer called Love Street. It's a blonde. It's by how did we decide to say this brand? Carbach, Carbach, Carbach. A brewing company brewed in Texas. Which uh, there's a scene in this movie featured in Texas, and it was released at South by Southwest, which is also in. Tejas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is tasty. I picked it out. Yeah. Not knowing what it tasted like. Solely based off of the fact that it was called Love Street. And they drive a food truck. And they they find their so love they, again. Uh, so it's because they food. drive on streets. And then they they find love for each other on on those streets. Those yep. Sounds like a mm-hmm. prostitution movie. <laughs> Finding love no, on the streets. He, he falls in love with cooking again. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, gets to know his son. Yeah, no, I mean, so this is uh, a story of a, a chef, obviously, mm-hmm. by the name of Carl. Carl. Where's Carl? Carl. Carl. Oh, no. Um, if we, whenever we say his name in this episode, we have to pronounce it. Carl. Carl. <laughs> that um, sounds fair. So this is my eloquent and well-thought-out synopsis of the movie. Oh, bring it. This is the story of a man whose passion in life is food. Cooking food, talking food, living, breathing food. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he understands food more than he understands his own son. However, his ability, ability to create has become stifled, forcing him to start over and go back to the basics. It's then that he goes on the literal journey of teaching his son why he loves to cook and in turn learns how to love his son. Mm-hmm. By doing this, he rediscovers his zest for life, creating <laughs> And what it means to be a zest was too much for you. Yeah. <laughs> zest was it. <laughs> he rediscovers his zest for life, creating and what it means to be a good man and a good father. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a movie that Favreau made after massive success with Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I think that there's a scene pretty early on in the movie between him and Dustin Hoffman, who plays the owner of the restaurant that he works at, the very nice oh, yeah. L.A. restaurant that he works at. Um, and there's a scene that I'm actually here. I'm actually going to send over to you and we're going to reenact this scene between you and I. Do you want to be John Favreau or do you want to be Dustin Hoffman? 
H stands for Hoffman. J stands for John. I don't know. Do you have a? I mean, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be Hoffman. You'll be you'll be H. I'll be I'll, H. I'll be J. Yeah. Okay. H J. <laughs> um. So, a bit of background. This movie, he right, he he came from super high profile superhero movies. Essentially, gave birth to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of got a little bit burned out by doing all these high budget movies and kind of lost his, much like his character Carl, lost his zest for the art and had to kind of figure out, okay, why do I really like doing this? Why do I like making movies, making art, creating? Yeah, and not just is, going paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, to paycheck. so this is almost a semi-autobiographical movie mm-hmm. about him himself. Um, so to set the scene, <clears throat> we're in the, re- uh, <laughs> you and I are the, in the restaurant. We're going to go in deep, okay? Mm-hmm. I have my apron on. No, you don't. I've hired a bunch of stand-ins. To be my kitchen staff over there. Hey guys, you're, if you're Hoffman, you shouldn't have an apron on. I'm not Hoffman. I'm I am Hoffman. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I'm an actor. <laughs> uh, okay, but um, essentially, it's it's the restaurant owner is coming in and and shutting Carl's ideas down, saying that you're going to stick to the original menu, mm-hmm. uh, do the same old, same old. I own you essentially and 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 Carl's character is just burnt out and defeated. Um but I think that this scene is really where John Favreau's head was at when he was writing the script which he said he wrote in about 2 weeks. Oh, dang. Like he said he, a, a script had, hadn't hit him this hard since writing Swingers. Yeah. So which we can do this and then we can kind of talk about yeah. the script. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> And scene. This is uh, the restaurant owner speaking, right? I don't care what magazine said that you're the next big thing. The fact is you work for me in my restaurant, right? I've had chefs before you in this kitchen and I'll have chefs after you. Okay. All right. Good talk. Now let me get back to work. You know who's coming tonight. We're being reviewed by the most important critic in the city. Yes. And our place is in the fucking creative rut. A rut? A creative rut. You do know that we're doing better than any other place in the neighborhood. I'm not talking about how much money we're making. I'm talking about creatively. The food that we're serving. It's the same food that we've been serving for five years. You remember when you had guts on the menu? Are you talking about my sweets? (laughs) My sweets? My my sweetbreads? Is that what you mean by guts? When you put that artsy shit on the menu, people don't like it. Not one person ordered your sweetbreads. Please listen to me. I sank a fortune into the remodel to get you the French cookie top, whatever it is. The that French, table. The French cooking suite. Right. Not every chef gets that. I you know why you get it? I appreciate it. You know why? No. Because you deserve it. See, you don't know that, but I know it. So be smart. Just for tonight, look. If you brought stones t- if you bought stones tickets and Jagger didn't play satisfaction, how would you feel? Would you be happy? No. No, you'd burn the place to the fucking ground. Your menu works. People love it. Carl, do what you want tonight, okay? You're the chef. You know what I think? I think you should play your hits. End scene. End scene. We really both missed our calling as actors. Yep. 
I really felt in the scene because you kept interrupting me. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. But essentially, right, this is a scene where, I'm just going to call it as it is, a studio executive is approaching a creative artist, a director, a film direct, a filmmaker. Yeah. Saying, I paid for this. So do what works. Nobody cares about the art, arty sh- arts, art house shit. Yeah. Don't expand. Don't create. Just get it done. Yeah. And then he goes on being like, hey, I bought you all this stuff. And he, But the thing is that the executive doesn't even know what it's actually called or how it works. Right. He doesn't care. That's not why he's there. Well, and you can see in that scene, John, uh, Carl, John Favreau's character is just so, he, you just see him deflate throughout the entire scene. Oh, yeah, because the lead up to the scene is him prepping, doing stuff. He's very excited for oh, the yeah. new menu he's going to do, yeah. But, you know, after that scene, and he was he made that, you know, McJagger allegory or analogy, mm-hmm. um, like there was a part of me that was like, you know what, I get it about the plane it's safe like you would be upset about doing that but like i don't i don't feel like it works the same like you have to especially with being like a a chef Mm -hmm. like if a restaurant served the same thing for five years i just probably wouldn't go uh i call bullshit on that mcdonald's whataburger any fast food joint their menu stays the same uh even like I don't go to those places. Well, it looks like you do. <laughs> <laughs> this body is by beer, not by McDonald's. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but I, I just thought that, that was an amazing scene. Wonderfully mm-hmm. acted, performed. Uh, question, Josh. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to ask, what is your favorite thing to cook? I mean, can you cook? Are you a cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I surprised um, my family at a certain point early on in life by not pursuing cooking. Oh, really? They thought that I would. Huh? Like around not freshman going year to culinary school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Around freshman year of college, um, I've been passionate about movies since I was twelve. But in yeah. freshman year of college, I got really into cooking, and my roommate at the time uh, was into cooking as well. And so we would create stuff. We would do that. So, like, what kind of stuff would you make? The first dish I've ever made was a mushroom risotto. Oh, wow. Like, that's the first thing that I've ever cooked. Hmm. And then, like, we would do uh, poached steak and, like, red wine. And we would do, like, buttercream cakes and mashed potatoes, like, real fancy and blah, 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 blah. Did, did, like, for a part-time while we did our own catering deal where we would just make food for people. Oh, wow. Not like major events, but like if you wanted to treat your significant other to something fancy but didn't have to know how to cook it, like yeah. we would come over and cook it and then leave. Oh, that's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to answer your question, I'm in and out really into cooking. Yeah. Like uh, I've made my own pasta. I make my own bread. Oh, from a lot. scratch? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It tastes really good, oh, too. Wow. But wow. it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That That's what really gets me is the... The process. The like whole the, process The time investment. Mm-hmm. It's different whenever it's your job and you're just doing it and you do it day in, day out and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But so, like, I really enjoy cooking. Like, I love a good meal. Yeah. If there was, like, if there was one meal 
or one dish that you would, if you could, if time wasn't an issue, mm-hmm. what would be the one that, I mean, it could be one that you don't know, right? What would you want to know how to cook? And it would take you like five minutes to do any dish. Oh, that's crazy. We could simplify be like, you know what? You're locked in a jail cell. You finally killed me. Blew my brains out. Mm-hmm. On Fine. death row. Finally came to it. The guard comes up to you. And says, what's your, <laughs> what's your name, boy? What's your name? <laughs> Why are you here? Oh, you killed a man? Well, it's time for you to eat your last meal. What you, you what you want? Eat. This 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 guard took a few blows to the head. <laughs> He's just not all it's, there. I'm just trying some character work out, you know. Mm-hmm. I I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Workshopping some stuff. Man, it's so hard to say because there's so much good stuff. I will say that like one of the meals that I haven't made forever that sticks out to me is the the wine poached steak, which was is just really good. I just picture just stabbing a a slab of meat with a fork and just dunking it in wine and eating it. I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the right elements Mm -hmm. are there. Okay. Yeah. Good. You, uh, you put the wine in a saucepan, you add a bunch of herbs and Mm -hmm. stuff to it. You bring it to a simmer and then you put the steak in it and cook the steak inside of it. And Mm -hmm. then you pull the steak out and then eat it. Yeah. So it absorbs all the flavor and everything. That's awesome. It's pretty much the tits. If as far as my memory serves me. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you? Um, so I, I love the idea of cooking, but mm-hmm. again, for me, it comes back to a time investment problem. Um, I have to be really in the mood to just focus on cooking a meal. Mm-hmm. When I do it, I, I really enjoy it. I can't do anything. I like, I could never make like an actual dish. I think, um, from scratch, especially. Yeah. I have to have all the just really basic stuff lined out for me. Um, to be honest, I like cooking more breakfast leaning stuff. So if there was a dish that I could make just like a spread, I wish that I could just cook up, uh, like really fancy bedazzled's the wrong word. <laughs> just rhin- rhinestone encrusted. Yeah. Eggs Benedict. No, but yeah, just, you know, a breakfast spread. So, um, yeah, well, like eggs Benedict stuff. Uh, I don't even know terminology. I, I mean, you know what I mean? I I don't even know risotto. So, I think that's like a pasta. Is no, that? risotto is rice. See? It's I don't a, know. It's a type of rice in that you can prepare in certain different ways. And it's mm-hmm. usually like a like it's it's in a thicker thing, so it's almost closer to like cream of mushroom soup to where like when you cook it it kinda like goops together. Okay. Um to also answer your question in senior year i think i took home economics or something and you had to like prepare something for it mm-hmm. i made creme brulee which is a sauce no it's a dessert it's a dessert it's like the like it's like fried on not fried but it's like on the top it's like mm-hmm. very thin I layer of special permission to bring my blowtorch in <laughs> just because yeah i baked it beforehand because it's a custard and then you do sugar on top, and then you oh, caramelize awesome. it with a blowtorch. Yeah. See, I, I appreciate food more than I know how to name it or cook it. Mm-hmm. I mean, food to me is always one of those deals to where what tastes better, a sandwich that you made or a sandwich mm-hmm. that was made for you? I mean, I can make some great omelets. I can mm-hmm. make some I'm, – I'm very meat and potatoes mm-hmm. kind of guy. I mean, I can grill. I can make awesome burgers. Mm-hmm. 
But whenever you ask me to, you know, combine stuff to make seasonings and garnishes and makes the sauces and the, like it, you know, it's just something that I don't have the tool set for or the time for, Yeah, but I love it. Like the, the restaurant that we went to here in downtown OKC, Black Walnut, mm-hmm. that's, I love that. We need to go back. This whole movie, I just could not stop thinking about. Yeah. About that place. Essentially, whenever you have somebody that like loves food and loves mm-hmm. what they can do with it and like the ways to create things with it. No, I mean, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Because for the most part, for me personally, like food is fuel. Mm. And then there's those shining moments in between. Sure. That you actually get something that's super good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to the movie. Just what are, you, what are your, your general thoughts on Chef? On as a as a film, I liked it overall. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some recommendations, but I I liked how some fixes you mean, yeah, like some slight critiques, some critiques. He might come in and yell at you about the molten center. I know it's uh, fucking molten. <laughs> Very funny. Um, but overall, I thought the movie was really nice. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's a, a good, good way to describe it. It's a good story. Like, it's a good feel good story. It doesn't have the huge emotional arcs, mm-hmm. which I was perfectly fine with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought it was a really well made movie. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that it was refreshing because it, it, I think nice, a nice movie is a wonderful way to describe it mm-hmm. because it, it, it has something deep to say. Right. Yeah. Um. But it's not heavy-handed. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of super dramatic. It could have very easily been melodramatic, especially if they made the the ex-wife character played brilliantly by Sophia Virgilia Virgilia Virgilia. I'm a terrible person. Um. Which yeah, she's every actor in this is outstanding. Oh yeah. Um, but it's it, they very could easily made her character be the antagonist and kind of being mean and not understanding. And but everybody in this movie, even the critic at the end, is supportive of him. Oh yeah, uh, and the... of each other. And there's not there's no villain. There's no uh, kind of a, like a sec like at the like at end of the second act the party breaks up kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, it's it is just a very straightforward man rediscovering himself mm-hmm. no. slash road movie slash almost in places kind of like a, a food network documentary slash food porn. <laughs> Cause my God. Yeah. The food in this movie. Yeah. I Oof. almost, Delicious the, the road movie aspects of it is where my critiques come in. Oh really? Cause I like road movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about that when we get to it. Um, but the the food placement, like, I love how all the food was shot. About just how the attention to detail mm-hmm. that Favreau took to actually represent a cook correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and he went to culinary school as well to learn how to do it. He shadowed uh, the man's name is Roy Roy Choi, and he uh, started kind of in large part influenced the the movement of gourmet food trucks mm-hmm. in recent years um and he shadowed him and worked in his kitchen and kind of learned the ropes and he was a exe- he was a co-producer on the movie as well a kind of a a uh, consultant yeah. 
Because after the credits, did you watch it past the credits? Oh, no. Uh, there's a scene with him, and it's him showing him how to do the grilled cheese. Oh. And so he's like, yeah, dude, you move it around here. And Favreau's just like, are you looking for hot spots? And he's like, yeah, so it's hot back here. It's cool up here. And he's like, and then once you flip it over here, you don't hold the spatula like this. You hold it like this because now you're doing surgery. You're just checking to make sure that it's done and all this kind of stuff. And he said, nothing else in the room matters. This is your only focus because yeah. if you fuck this up, everything is ruined. <laughs> dude, the, that scene... Um of him making the grilled cheese. I mean, I love me a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Oh yeah. But the sound that he he's done making it and the sound that the bread makes whenever he first just cuts into it and cuts it in half, just a that crunch and the creamy cheese is oh, yeah. like there's I, nothing more sexual than that. I I'd love to know what the foley artist did. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Well, and my thought watching it was, man, I bet you everybody on this set was starving and uh, it turns out that they had the best crafty services ever because oh. all food that was prepared in this movie like on screen mm-hmm. was then eaten afterwards by the, the crew. crew. Yeah. Which is what you would hope. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess it's it's done. We're going to toss it. Um, well, so to continue the arc of us not talking about anything in order or in relation to each other, um, I thought back to the script that the first scene between John Favreau and his son, the yeah. kid, was classic Favreau writing. Is mm-hmm. that back and forth that you yes, that, that you too. see in Swingers and Made? Um, you don't really get it in a lot of the Marvel movies. Well, like in the you, first Iron Man, the very banter heavy. Yeah, the scene kind of draws on, and it really lets it sits in the moment and lets people just talk like people. Mm-hmm. Which I thought I really like that writing style of his because it it it's not completely that it has its moments where that shows up and then the rest is like normal people talk. Yeah. Um, and then like when, when they're in the market and they're kind of walking around everything steady cam, but like his kind of loose steady cam to where it Mm -hmm. looks handheld. So it gives it more of like that real environment feeling, not too polished. How how big do you think the crew was on this? Because it it is very, I mean, $11 million budget movie, super Mm -hmm. small, shot it in a month. Uh, across three different locations in three different cities. Uh, I mean, and uh, how many cameras, like maybe a two camera? I mean, it might have just been like a single camera because there's so many medium shots. There's not a lot of wides. Yeah. There's just a lot of... I bet you it's one camera. Just the one camera setup. Well, the DP of this uh, is, I thought it did a really awesome job. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with the, the lighting aspect. The the framing of everything mm-hmm. like it just looked super good yeah like especially um the the, the post-coital cooking scene with it's hilarious and she's like more turned on by him cooking pasta mm-hmm. but i like the way that he was perfectly lit doing that and the light falls off so hard yeah so like it's only focusing on that and mm-hmm. then it's only focusing on her and then the life light falls off yeah like the the bar lighting scene is very is the same way, but it's more environmental yep. to be like the dark bar, but like a lot of motivated lighting in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But the, the DP, I mean, he did dark world Thor, he did Creed two and he did a couple episodes of game of Thrones. Re- rewatching. I'm on a my, shit ton my of other stuff. Marvel rewatch right now. Um, Thor dark world, not as bad as I, as I remembered it being. I and think it, I think it's the, one of the prettiest Marvel movies ever shot. Mm-hmm. Cause think, yeah, if this is the same guy that did it, 
it's yeah the, the colors are beautiful everything's so well lit uh camera it's just all very very well done so yeah that, that's that's cool that he did this one as well mm-hmm. um but you're right that scene uh going back to that scene post post coital scene mm-hmm. between him and scarjo uh she's like the major dormo of the she's a hostess no, I don't think she's a, she's a hostess. I think she was like the the wine gal. No, she prepped menus and did that kind of stuff. And I think she also did bar work or whatever. Mm. She, it, I'm sure there's actually like a a name, but like it seemed like she was more hostess because she was greeting people at the door. Mm. Whatever. Um, but yeah, that scene is so funny because it really shows how it established. I mean, we've seen up to this point that he's uh, an amazing chef, great cooker, mm-hmm. great cooker, Ugh. great cook. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's here like even after you know making love, mm-hmm. right? The thing that he is best at is making some sex pasta. <laughs> <laughs> making some sex pasta, some sex food. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just hilarious. And the only the only dialogue in that scene, it's not even really dialogue. But after she takes the first bite, that's when you get like kind of like that erotic moan from her, mm-hmm. <laughs> just from the food. Oh it's yeah, hilarious. No, very, it it's it, it's very well shot and very well done. Um, but so like, I think that his setup at the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, is more. It shows what happens when a creative person has success, mm-hmm. and then not necessarily gets complacent because I don't think he's complacent because he's clearly trying. He's just in a box, but he's just almost even more in like a rut. Like he's trying to get out. But then the restaurant owner's like, no, mm-hmm. you do this and everything. And to where he actually doesn't quit, which I thought he was going to. Yeah. He basically is just let go after he has a tantrum. Yeah. And I think that, it, you know, it's it's interesting that he, he – everybody in this movie is very human. I think it's one of the most honest movies I've ever seen in terms of how the people act. Well, I think you can watch each character and kind of pick those people out. Like yeah. you, you know who that is. You know who this is. You have that person in your life, yeah. or you're aware of a person like this. Yeah. Well, and he's so obsessed with food because his first interactions with his kid when he's at the farm, they're at the farmers market, and he's so much more interested in the food than he is his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like he's up his own ass at the beginning of the movie. You know? Yeah, I would say. I mean, that. he's very talented. A lot of responsibility, um, but it's it's at a, the detriment to everything else in his life. But whenever that's stripped away, um, you know he's a he's a good guy who's really trying, and it, uh, he's a flawed character who recognizes his flaws. And I think that's a very it's he's just a very well written character. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that scene at the food market where he's like, "Why do you want caramel corn whenever oh, you have it orange like this?" And then the next scene is them eating it's just that hard, a quick hard cut to mm-hmm. stuff um, in their face. It's just carbs covered in sugar. Yeah, uh, I know a handful of chefs that that's pretty much their life. They can make the fanciest shit, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, "Man." Chicken nuggets are delicious. I mean, and it's just like give those spicy nugs, bro. Yeah. So like they they make the fanciest food possible, mm-hmm. but they still will just like get down on like a frozen pizza or something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's kind of like you know watching Citizen Kane versus watching Transformers. Mm-hmm. No, Transformers is just trash. It's it's <laughs> like watching Citizen Kane and 
watching, you know, a, a Marvel movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, um, which, holy shit, maybe that's another another metaphor, right? Why would you, why, if you have this to eat, this orange, this beautiful, healthy orange, mm-hmm. why would you go for something that's just carbs covered in sugar? Why yeah. would you just want to go watch blockbusters when you can have this deep narrative experience, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe I'm reading too much into it, probably, but. Yeah, but. Oh, shut up. Don't, <laughs> don't be quick on the draw. Everything is deep and everything has meaning, Josh. Mm-hmm. You cynical bastard. Um, but going, we kind of did a, I, I don't know which order we're releasing these in. <clears throat> Pardon me. The sidebars first. So on our sidebar, we talked about product placement. And the use of Twitter, this is probably one of my gripes in the movie, mm-hmm. is that they focused on social media for an oddly large chunk of the movie. Well, so then this this can tie in to one of my recommendations that I feel like the movie should have done. I love how you phrase it as recommendations. It's such a non-aggressive way of saying mm-hmm. fix your shit. I'm not saying that what they did is wrong. I'm just saying I could make it better. Um, so I recommend. I wish um, – actually, I mean, do you want to finish your thought before I do my – you don't like how much they use Twitter. Thank you. Um, well, no, I just finished your thought for just you. Just the, the Twitter, the use of of a recognizable brand, like in our sidebar, it sort of brought me out of it just a little bit. Like, oh, Twitter, I recognize that. All of a sudden, I realize it. it if I see something that's that real, mm-hmm. I realize that oh, they're putting Twitter in a movie. Oh, it's a movie, and then it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit just see, for me see but, on, on the flip side of that i think if they would have done a knockoff one like just social media just yeah call it social media or call it twatter or whatever twatter mm-hmm. oh oh boy i think it's a different thing <laughs> a different media site titwater um twatter titwater twatter Is that gonna be our our, our organic water brand <laughs> titwater mm-hmm. titwater uh, sorry mom it's <laughs> I could just keep digging that hole so deep. <laughs> um, but um, if it would have just been something that is clearly Twitter, but it's not, I can get over it. It would bug me more than if they would have just left it as Twitter. Mm-hmm. I did like the interaction aspect of it. Um, I could take or leave the fact that he doesn't know what it is yeah, or whatever, because it, it kind of plays into that older guy dad thing yeah. to where I don't know what the whippersnappers are well, doing. And again, this was made in 13 mm-hmm. which I mean, I mean twitter was a thing but it wasn't the juggernaut it is now yeah which so again it kind of dates it a little bit yeah i think we talked about this in the sidebar but the thing that dates this movie the most for me is whenever they the talk vine. about <laughs> talk about vine um r.i.p R- yeah doesn't exist um so for those travel scenes because like i love a good road movie um I don't like whenever you just see a car driving for the purpose of showing that it's moving. Um, I think like all you see in that shot is just the car driving. Mm-hmm. I think that you can do more oh, creative. Like pan mm-hmm. and falling down I road. think you can do more creative things with it. Like hmm. we've seen from like Edgar Wright and hot fuzz whenever uh, Nicholas cage just all goes <laughs> from London yeah. to the town. Like there's really cool ways to do it. So, whenever they're doing their food truck and you can Mm -hmm. see the kid 
doing the social media. So like you have the key there. So like it's already planted that he's doing this. Mm -hmm. So why not just do it as your narrative path through all the stops and everything that they're doing it or like the journey through Mm -hmm. in his social media posts? Well, they kind of do do that at the end. Right. Correct. But I'm saying sprinkle that throughout. That would have added a a little sprinkling, a little seasoning, if you will, Mm -hmm. a little garnish of style. Because uh, yeah, think no, about, I, I agree with that. That's, think, that'd be a good fix. Think about. Um, have you ever seen Elizabeth Town? Uh, no, but that's the one with Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst, and he goes back and he's like rich or something. Um, have you ever seen movies? Huh? The last couple movies I've said. Okay, have you, seen? you cannot fault me for not seeing Elizabeth Town. Why not? It's right up your alley. Wasn't it filmed here? There's a scene that was filmed here. Oh. It's real emotional and stuff. You like that shit. I am dead inside. Oh, all right. So let me explain Elizabeth Town to you. Um, he's a shoe designer that designs a shoe oh, that's terrible God. and is about to bomb. And then his dad dies. So he has to go back home, which he's never like he hasn't been home since he left. It's so like there's this coming to terms well, with all this. He couldn't make shoes to walk back, you know? <laughs> Um, I'm amazing. So he essentially goes on this road journey, taking his dad's ashes with him. And it's narrated by, um, kind of the love interest in it. Um, Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst to where she narrates. I love how I know who's in this movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> I was trying, I was trying to decide whether or not if I want to be more vague or just give you kind just of full spoilers or whatever, but you've had your fucking chance. Um, <laughs> So she designs a road map for him and she narrates it with music and like on CDs and stuff. Mm. And it's a really unique way to show traveling from A to B and doing something like that would have been cool for this. Hmm. <sighs> you disappoint me so, so much. Interesting. I, I Googled Elizabeth town. The first thing that comes up is Elizabeth town college. It's obviously the movie. Not that good. I used to watch that movie all the time in college. Elizabethtown? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, I've probably seen that movie maybe ten times. Wow. Wow. Wow, 2005. Wow. That's a really good soundtrack. Um, Back to a real movie, Chef. Chief? Chief? Um... silence cut this out cut this out um so back to chief long live the chief uh what do you think about the cameo like rdj's scene did that take you out at all because i love him but maybe it's because i'm just in the middle of my mcu rewatch all i saw was tony stark Mm -hmm. no having him in there takes you out Mm. i think it i don't like it all that much but i do love the character that he did because Mm -hmm. and it took me a second to warm up to it because it just felt like tony stark where he's doing his weird quirky stuff Mm -hmm. and then he just full-on goes crazy Mm -hmm. like in the talking about either picking a carpet or aborting a child like (laughs) yeah well like and he and he's talking about yeah my receptionist she's nice right Mm -hmm. yeah she's pregnant got her pregnant 
I love that scene with the receptionist and problem him. is like, I got my, my tubes tied eight years ago, so she's a fucking liar. Yeah. Now here's the question. Red carpet, black carpet, or mm-hmm. do I, do I the keep kid? the child, <laughs> keep something on her, keep her on, that way I always have power over her. <laughs> it's like, what, what, whoa, whiplash. Mm-hmm. And the 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 funny thing of like having to wear booties in there, mm-hmm. and like whenever she walks around, the, the high heel has stabbed through the booty. Yeah, well, it's funny that she's not slipping around, and he's like, John Favreau's just like wh- mm-hmm. wobbling about. Very funny physical comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very funny interaction and everything. I don't, I don't think the movie is made better or worse by it. Well, and I think that a he did it because he's buddies with John Favreau, mm-hmm. and then b he's in it for maybe four minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, right? that one scene in that one room, but he's all over the marketing material. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, and it definitely is nice to have a powerhouse name like him yeah, and Scar Joe. And, yeah. I think what his character, what that whole scene interaction is for, because you don't need that four minutes of dialogue to show how he gets a food truck. I mean, mm-hmm. you can fucking find food trucks anywhere. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait to go back to food trucks now that things are starting to open up again. I think it's there to show you that he's still invested in his wife, ex-wife, mm-hmm. John Favreau. Which is also the ex-wife of Brock yeah, County. Another uh, another mm-hmm. funny moment. Yeah, because there's there's a couple scenes leading up to the scene that's coming up, but you get the impression that he's not married to her anymore, not because of something that happened, but just because of his like internal struggle and the fact that he wasn't being a good husband, a good father, mm-hmm. because he's so focused on food on that he work. just like left. Yeah, and but like it was weird because I it almost felt like he just left mm-hmm. and like they were just separated, not like full on divorce. Yeah. It was never really explained, but I wonder if they did originally have something included that would explain what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, you know, had to cut it because they do at the very end, you know, they get remarried and they're, they're happy family again, Yeah, but we don't know the why. reason, you know, why. Yeah. Um, but I did, you know. I do, so after they like they get the food truck set up in this similar vein, mm-hmm. whenever the kid burns one of the sandwiches and he said, it's fine, they're not paying for mm-hmm. it, Like he takes him aside and he's just like, I might not be a good husband. I'm sorry if I haven't been a good father. But he's like, I'm good at this. Yeah. And I, can, I can't remember specifically what he said, but basically he's like- I this, love this. He's like, I love this and this is how I show people like my love and yeah. all this kind of Says, stuff is doing- Everything good out of my life has come from- this which i thought was such a great scene mm -hmm. it really was and it i liked how in certain movies that would be so heavy-handed and so dramatic and everything but it felt really nice because it it felt like a father talking to his son well and it showed some nice character growth for him as well because Mm -hmm. in the scene prior when they're cleaning out the food truck and he asked him to clean, to throw out the, like the trash that's in the in the fridge. Yeah, to clean in it in the stove or whatever it was. And he throws it and away. And he throws the whole thing away. And he gets mad. And he and he doesn't explain why he needs to keep that material in that tray. Yeah. He just says, "Do it." And then they kind of ask. It's the classic, you know, father son parent, you know, escalation where it's like, "I said to do it." No. Why? Because I said so, and and then you know they find nothing, nothing's resolved. So this it was a nice way to show character progression. Like, hey, I'm actually going to explain to you why this matters, mm-hmm. um, and he accepts it. And it, it, yeah, I love 
just their relationship and the road trip and John Leguizamo is amazing in this. He is. Just He's that, just so that good. crazy, hilarious uncle and the, the scene when they're driving on the road and cause at this point they get the food truck. They, uh, he's got the investment and they're making decent money and they're like, Oh, I love this. We can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So they're driving the, the food truck all the way back from Miami to LA. And, uh, it's like a late night thing. And John Lucas is driving and he gets cornstarch and he just dumps it in his crotch. And the kid's like, dad, he's putting it on his nuts. And he's like, give me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's good because it's a humid out or whatever. And it's just yeah. a very funny, very funny, like kind of a, what's the, what's the term? Uh, like a, like a boy becoming a man type. Yeah. Thing. Like bonding, like be- seeing what men do and it kind of like a, a very funny comedic way. Uh, Cause we've all kind of had moments like that with whether it's role models or parental figures or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in the classic scene of like him getting his first sip of beer, mm-hmm. he's like, Tastes like piss, doesn't it? It's like, now, yeah, remember that. Whenever remember your that. college friends try to peer pressure you into drinking. Um, but that that scene with the cornstarch is hilarious, especially how he ends it off with saying, yeah, well, you know. Plus, in the morning, you can dip your nuts in oil and make some mush puppies. Make some mush puppies. <laughs> I love that so much because I was watching that just going, I don't know where this is going. Like, mm-hmm. is he going to, like, I don't, I don't even know. But that's what I love about his writing style in this movie is that you don't, often see what the point of a scene is mm-hmm. until you realize, oh, it's just humans talking like people talk. Yeah. And it's you're just sitting in this moment and watching them do life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. And then they finally do get to, I mean, in the kind of a musical montage, travel bit, and mm-hmm. they're singing sexual healing. Um, and Which, the kid's just looking embarrassed like, uh, this is weird. And it's just funny, like awkward uncle and dad. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just, I love their relationship. Oh, yeah. It's like the, while while I said that I think the traveling scenes could be better, mm-hmm. mostly what I meant is just any scene where the cars just, or sorry, the food trucks just driving. Yeah. I just, it's just whatever. Make it more visually interesting. Yeah. I get it. Um, It's the easy thing to do, and I don't fault anybody for doing it. Um, But yeah. like all the scenes of them driving somewhere and them being in the food truck... I thought were so well done. Yeah. Especially them cooking food and doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I I loved it. And true to form, uh, I I read that most of those scenes in the truck are all improvised by the three of them. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, that's actually very impressive because I mean, that kid is Mm -hmm. a kid. He was 10 years old at the time of filming and John Favreau said he was most impressed by the, his performance in the movie by the kid's performance. Mm -hmm. He says that, because he had so many heavy hitters and his buddies in the movie, it made him so much more comfortable to, to embark on this venture. Oh yeah. Because it was so personal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you have your friends alongside you, then it makes it easier to do. It, it makes really, more fun. Yeah. Um, so eventually they get to, they drive through new Orleans, um, which oh, it's been so long since I've been there. Uh, cafe du Monde. Mm-hmm. Love that place. Have you been there before? Uh, not there. I've been to Nolens once, once, mm-hmm. We should a, go for a conference. I mean, I might be okay. I might be good. Well, we're never going to go with that response. Like, nah, I might be okay. Nah. Um, and then they get to one of the greatest cities in the world, Austin, Texas. It was real humid in New Orleans. It was. Yeah. They were not sweating nearly enough when they were, when they were serving people food in the middle of the day. Yeah. That was my thought. No. But they do get to Austin. Um, 
which that barbecue guy is a real he is he's the real owner of franklin's Mm -hmm. uh he has a been to franklin's it is fucking out it's out of this goddamn world it's so good i've never had it but i have seen his ads for masterclass (laughs) yeah 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 um Speaking of the driving scenes, I, I I was able to. It's one of those cool things in movies when they film in a location, and you can point out like, oh, I've been there, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Like that when they're driving across what's called the three sixty bridge, three sixty highway, mm-hmm. um, that arch bridge up on the little cliffs. I've been up on those little cliffs. You can hike up there and just look out on the river and oh, nice, go up there a lot. No, I because I was doing the same thing whenever they were driving. I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. this looks kind of familiar. Like, is this where I think it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then they finally make it back to LA and they're doing great. And then they, I thought it was odd at the end. Um, for him to go back to a restaurant. Different. Well, yeah, for him to go back to a restaurant. Well, let's back up before that. They introduced the idea of, well, the, because he has that conversation with his son that the vacation is about to be over, right? He's Things are going to go back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. And there's that really heartfelt scene where, uh, he doesn't, the kids like, I don't want things to go back to the way they were. Cause they've grown, they've grown so close over this journey together. They learned who each other are. Um, they've bonded in a very, very special way that only a road trip with your father can do. Right. Especially if you're working together. Right. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't want things to go back to the way things were because he didn't hang out with his dad. Yeah. You know, and he even has like a moment, like a scene where he's just like, I like this. It's whenever he's doing the first Twitter scene to where he's like, I don't want to just spend time with you. I like, I want to actually like talk to you. Like just hang out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is something that's, I mean, very understandable and very relatable. Yeah. Because like growing up, my dad traveled a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And so he was gone most of the time. So whenever he was there, we always try to make it a point to like play games as a family, eat as a family, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I can definitely understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then they don't dwell on that possibility of kind of that second act nosedive or third act nosedive of like, Oh, the party's breaking up. How are they going to get back together and right. solve the, you know, um, they don't linger on that too long. Cause he watches the video from his son and it's a montage of their road trip together. And he's like, you know what? No, this was special, and he, you know, that he he's gonna work in the food truck now. Growing up, and they're not gonna let go and go back to the way things were. And um, I think that it was uh, again, it's the the nail in the not the coffin, but um, it's the, the, the nail, nail on the, the 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 last nail in the stairway to happiness of, to happiness. Whew, that was. Uh, but that one yeah. minute film. Mm-hmm. Um, Who was shooting some of that? Well, there was one scene to where all three of them were in it. And, and <laughs> I know. I was, I was just like, like <laughs> they just handed should... it to a random. Um, I I remember when those were a thing. Um, mm-hmm. None of them were super great. Um, yeah. I did expect it to be a little bit better. He's 10 years old. <laughs> Shrug. <Be better. laughs> he shrugs. Um, but then, yeah. The critic shows back up. The critic who gave him a super bad review and we kind of so that crashed actor, his uh, his career. Go ahead. That actor to me is super funny because I've seen him pe- play really like nice like guy and then total sleazeball. Yeah, he can. He's a, that kind of character. It, yeah, actor. yeah. Nothing in between. Yeah. Fun fact: his that actor's brother is uh, 
Oliver Platt's the actor's name. His brother is a food critic, like a well-known food critic. You know what movie I always think of with Oliver Pratt is uh, Lake Placid. (laughs) Never seen it. Have you not? No. It's it's about a giant man-eating crocodile in Lake Placid. Oh, okay. It's it's so silly. (laughs) It's like a National Lampoon style. No. No, it's a serious horror movie? Uh, Yeah. You're like almost crying. You're laughing so hard right now. I don't know. I, I haven't. I have to see it. I haven't thought about Lake Placid in so long. They made sequels to it that were like dr- oh, straight no. to DVD. It's like the Piranha Three or whatever. You mm-hmm. know. Oh God. That's... We haven't had one of those in a while. Let's bring those kind of movies back. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Let's just go to Redbox and rent everything that we don't recognize. Oh, God. Um. Yeah. I that is like my second and end of my gripes with this movie. The first one being focusing on social media so much, Mm -hmm. which I just find uninteresting sort of. Uh, But the critic comes back and it turns out like he's a good guy, you know? Yeah. He's like, I thought we were having like a little tit for tat, like dancing. Exactly. Um, Which is nice. It means that there's really no assholes in this movie. Right. Or they, they, they're human. They act, they act as assholes or, and then they, Mm -hmm. they're actually good. You know, it's very three dimensional, but, um, I kind of w- thought that he wasn't going to accept the money and be like, you know what? No, I found my creative space and I'm going <clears> to <throat> pardon me. <clears throat> I found my creative space and I'm going to stay in it. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to a restaurant a restaurant because it sounded to me like it was almost going to set him up for the same situation he was in before where he had a benefactor and he had somebody who owned the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe it's a different thing, but... Uh, I don't know. That would be kind of interesting to actually talk to, like, a chef mm-hmm. and, like, one that's especially in a food truck. Is like, is this the pinnacle of your existence? Or if somebody was just like, hey, yeah. I like your food truck. Do you want to open a restaurant, like yeah. a brick and mortar? Well, I half expected... Because, okay, so happy ending. Uh, I think we just got a new investor, Smiles, and they cut to the kind of a flash forward about six months later there's an event happening at this restaurant and there's this really beautiful kind of walking dolly shot, not a uh, steady cam shot through mm-hmm. the restaurant. Yeah. Everybody's kind of in their places. Everybody's happy, smiling. The kids work in the, the kitchen and mm-hmm. um, very, very cool. And it's the wedding I have expected in the back lot because they pass through the, the restaurant proper. And I, I have expected in the backyard, the back opening area, the food truck to be there. And that's like where they still served people. Yeah, I kind of had that same thought to where they might just tie it in, but mm. I don't know what their business model is. So mm. maybe they still do the food yeah. truck and have a brick and mortar store. But happy ending for Carl. You know, he rediscovers his love for the art form. He bonds with his son and he gets uh, remarried to his ex-wife, who is very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. One thing is for sure. She is very, very pretty. That's true. Uh, and she's so fucking charming. She is. And she's so funny. And she, but even like even those moments of uh, the very nuanced acting where her it's not her first language is not English. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like I love I love the scene between her dad, her mm-hmm. and John Favreau with yeah. the kids sleeping there. Yeah. And like he's like, you know, he's in town, don't you? And all that kind of stuff. She's like, maybe and he's like, you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just that a wonderful performance. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, On her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you know what she did? What her job was? I mean, in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. What what her character's oh, what her job? character's job was? She's a catering company. I thought right. 
Is it? What was it? She had a publicist. Are you like actually asking me? Or are you leading me into you know? No, I don't know. I don't think that. No, I think that no. It, it, she, she she owns like a catering company. That's no. why she's saying or no, events events. It's all events. She does events. That's why because one of her early offers was, um, you know, after he gets fired. Yeah, she's I, like, I'll I hire you for all of my, all my events. events. But like, that's the closest. But then I, in my mind, I'm just like, why does she have a publicist? I guess, you know, you could have a publicist. Why does she have such a nice house? I guess if you do events, you can make money. Sure. It's, it's that modern family and money. I was just like. <laughs> it's just her actual house. Like halfway through the movie, I was like, I legitly don't know what she's doing. Because yeah. why is she also in Miami? I guess maybe she's international event planner. I don't know. But I think. It was nice having her character there Mm -hmm. without having to have it flushed too much to where, like, we know too much about it. Because, like, doing that backstory of what happened between the relationship and all that kind of stuff, I think, would have just muddled it. It would have... It would have just not added anything good to the movie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's... Everything here is very distilled. My kind of final review, um, and then I'll give another fun fact... Yeah, how many a, how many Michelin stars would you give this movie? Um, well, I would say so. Uh, this is kind of what I wrote down. I think what makes this movie succeed is that it's so human and so kind yeah. of just effortless. It kind of flows. Yeah. Um, it might be like I said, one of the most honest movies I've ever seen. Um, there's no frills, uh, no fat. It's very lean. There's just storytelling at its most distilled and fine. I would give it. You know, I would give it. A, yeah, uh, yeah, nine out of ten. It's not a masterpiece, but I think that it is. It is so excellent, and it's just so nice. Like in the best, like the most, the the best way that I can say nice. It's a nice film mm-hmm. by not taking anything away from it by calling it nice. Exactly. Um, I think Michelin stars only go up to four, or is it five? I don't know. I'm not a chef. You're not a chief either. I made pancakes this morning. Okay. Out of a box. Yeah. I toasted a waffle from the freezer. Man. Both huge successes. They're the best. Uh, but I will say my last final fact, and then we can close with your review, mm-hmm. is that um, Favreau said in, in, in an interview that he enjoyed shooting and filming food and cooking much more than uh, special effects and, and, and all that stuff because he says that it's, A, much cheaper, obviously, mm-hmm. but... Filming somebody make a meal is so much more inherently cinematic and engaging than watching somebody uh, scale down a building that's exploding. There's something so much more natural and beautiful about that Mm -hmm. that it almost shoots itself because all you have to do is just, boom, put a light on it and it's, you know... Yeah, obviously, if the some, the chef has to know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and it has to be good food. But do you know what the proper distance is to season something from? Oh, uh, according to every chef I've ever watched, it's about two feet away from whatever they're cooking. Really? Why is that? No, just every shot he did. He every chef I've ever seen oh, just, always just, does it. You gotta get from the, like you gotta get two the, feet away. You gotta get the snowfall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, um, what would you rate this movie? Well, yeah, we'll keep going with stars. So I would rate it a, a four out of five stars. You would go what? Oh, like four out of five Michelin stars? Yeah, sure. I'm not sure if they go up to five. I think it's just three. I don't know. I'll look Most, it up. Wait. Hold look, the phone. Talk hold, about something else. 
holding the phone. Michelle. Well, before I give the review, I'll say, or before I give it my star rating, I will say, like, it was a very enjoyable movie to watch. I could easily see myself just watching it again. It only goes to three stars. Three stars. According to the guide, one star signifies a, quote, very good restaurant. Two stars are excellent cooking that is worth a detour. And three stars mean exceptional cuisine that is worth a special journey. Okay. So I would make it three. I'd give it two. Three. Two and a half. What was two again? <laughs> worth the detour? A very good restaurant worth the detour. Yeah, I'd give it two. Or an excellent excellent cooking that is worth a detour. Yeah, because I would definitely say if, right, you, two. if you haven't watched it, I think you should watch it. Yeah. I think it's just yeah, really two, two stars. En- really enjoyable. Um. I mean, it's really hard to to say anything about it because it doesn't have super big standout moments like mm-hmm. some movies does, and it it's not a pile of garbage um, like Suicide Squad. So you keep talking about it though, because it's coming up that we're gonna get to watch the new one. So like, I'm just that's true. My chops are salivating. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, my buddy is ready. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I loved. I'm not one for 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 drama, or I am whenever I'm in a mood for it or whatever. So <laughs> I'm like not in the, the mood for drama, unless I'm in the mood for drama. Yeah, I mean, I was discovering. Truly my, well said. I, I was discovering my feelings on the fact while I was saying the fact. <laughs> um, but I I just love the relationship and how it all plays in. That the fact that you have this bonding and growth between the father and son, but it's not heavy handed and it's not mm-hmm. just cliche. Yeah, I just think it's a really nice movie. It is. It is. Uh, to wrap it up. It's nice to be nice. It's nice to be nice. Uh, Favreau is great because he did, he did go on to do more big budget stuff after this, mm-hmm. after a nice refresh. Yeah. I'll be excited to see if he does another one, another small indie. Yeah, like another passion yeah. project. I it guess it's cool because now he's doing, you know, he's part of the big Star Wars exec force. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's one of the movers and shakers over there now. Yeah. No, I think that that is a good point. I would be curious to see, like, because basically, even before he was doing Star Wars, I would say arguably he's one of those people, just with his Marvel success, that he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah. And so now that he has Marvel success and um, Star Wars success, yeah, he can really do whatever he wants. Yeah. And you know what happens when you can do whatever you want? What's that, Dickon? You learn how to ice skate. And then follow me on this. Mm-hmm. If you, t- it turns out you don't have a pond to skate on, get a blowtorch. Now I know what you're thinking. Fire, hot. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go to Best Buy on South Congress in Austin, Texas. They have blowtorches that can freeze things instantly. They go, it's like a circle, right? It goes from hot to cold. It goes all the way back around. Freezes the pond in Texas. Summertime, wintertime does not give up, does not matter. Then get your skates. Now, don't get the single skate. Get the double-bladed skates. Then in that case, you could do the pure.